three, two, one. Hi, everyone, and this is another episode of Failure Friday where we talk to friends, clients, and sometimes complete strangers about how failure has made them better at their career, better at their personal life, something that they're working towards, how a failure has projected them forward, how they've fallen forward and come back even better. And with that, hopefully we can help someone early on in their career path or just have a great conversation. And today we have a good friend of mine and client, Ms. Wendy Griffiths. Wendy is a real estate agent and group leader out of Jacksonville, Florida for Better Homes and Gardens, a lifestyle brand here. And I would say she's an author too. I think we left that out of your intro. Uh, we talk a little bit about that, but Wendy, how about you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got here? Yeah, so thank you, Kendall, for having me. And I just wanna say and acknowledge that um, you doing this podcast really is something that a lot of people kind of shy away from this particular particular subject matter, right? So I really think it's cool that you're just kind of exploring what that looks like and allowing there to be conversation around that. So thank you for having me. Um, so yes, your introduction was great. I am a real estate agent. I've been one for 22 years now in Jacksonville. And, you know, it's, you know, we have, I think there's 16,000 realtors in Jacksonville now. So when you say, hey, I'm a real estate Jesus. agent, everybody has their preconceived ideas of what that means. And uh, so I would just say that, um, you know, I'm really passionate about uh, real estate by relationship, not necessarily re real estate by let's how much money I can put into my pocket. And, uh, and then I met you several years ago. And I don't know about you, but for me, you just lit me up. Um, you're so I believe so I cried. Cool. <laughs> I, <know>. <gasps> I left that appointment. I was like, I fucking blew that. <laughs> I was like, I cried. But that's the kind of people I like to um, associate with. People who are real, people who have souls and aren't afraid to be transparent, right? And I think that that's what this podcast really allows for is a little more transparency in your everyday business, uh, you know, dealings and relationships. I agree because I, I was getting caught up um, in just keeping up with social media. I found myself like almost getting depressed because with running a business and a family and then managing all of our outside stuff, it just, there wasn't enough time to to make my, to look perfect on social media. So I would get on and I wouldn't be posting any content, but I'd be looking at everybody else's pretty and shiny content. And I was just getting sad. And I was like, this is bullshit. Like it, a lot of my clients that I are business owners, I know that their life's not all shiny and roses, but they're super successful. Like how can we create that into something that gives back to the community in a positive way, but also creates vulnerability and authenticity. And thank you for being one of the first people to join us. And your story of how you got into the real estate industry has um, is a little bit different than most. First of all, today, because there's so many real estate agents, it's hard to find people that have the tenure that you have. Like you've been through the 2008 and you had already been in the industry for quite some time when 2008 came around and you survived it. Talk to us about how you came into the industry. Yeah, so um, I have a degree in statistics and I wanted to be an actuary when I grew up, which is the study of statistics for insurance companies. And so I went for my master's at Georgia State. And while I was there, I realized that I am good at statistics, but it was really boring, right? Like I am more of a Very. person. I like to connect. And um, and so when, you know, the college students would get together and they're like, we're going to go study 
they actually did. They studied, right? You know, usually, you know, when you'd go study, it would be, you know, let's go and hang out. So anyway, I, I kind of went through this, like, okay, if I don't do that, what am I going to do with this degree? And statistics is a really pigeonholed degree. So I kind of floundered for a few years in corporate America, trying to find my footing. And I ended up in a project management position that you know, allowed me to grow as fast as I wanted to, because that was the thing I found out with corporate America is I'd get a job, I would master it, you know, and then I'm like, what's next? And they're like, well, you take this position for three years and then we'll give you a raise and then you get the next level. And I'm like, oh, that's not fast enough for me. So short version is it was um, Y2K 2000, you know, the world was going to end and I was on a project, you know, uh, helping the computers get turned over, you know, so that they wouldn't crash. And um, as soon as the world did not end uh, on January 2, uh, I ended up without a, a job. Uh, They're like, OK, well, all that work we've been having for the last couple of years is gone and the company filed bankruptcy. And I just remember feeling Whoa. like I, I know, right? I mean, that's that was the tech days, right? In 2000, there were all these tech companies that were, you know, up and coming, paying big salaries, but then, you know, didn't didn't survive. So anyway, long story short, is I had just built my very first house, and my realtor and I, we would stand out in the driveway. Um, and we would just talk for hours after our appointment because I just had so many questions, and I'm kind of a nerd like that. And uh, so January 2, I'm without a job. And I remember calling her and I'm like, can you make any money in that real estate thing? You know, <laughs> and she's like, come on in, you know, the water's warm. And that's, I mean, that's pretty much the qualifications you need is, you know, an, a desire. And um, so I got my license in February of 2022 and I was, or 2020, sorry, or 2000. God, what year is it? Yeah. Um, and I was off to the races, but um, what's really interesting is that in real estate, they really don't teach you how to run a business. You get your license, so now you know some law, right? But ultimately, there's no like business, running a business idea. So um, I was really green for a while, you know, with that. But That takes um, time. But I would say that that's the same, not just for real estate. It's really any industry. Like if you go into welding or you become really good at a specific thing you're like wow I love this I should turn this into a small business it, I mean there's a whole nother world that I don't think people realize that business administration in itself is a whole skill that you could spend years and you'll still never master it because tax law everything's ever changing but I mean I tell all my clients that have teenagers I don't care what they're good at at least get a minor in, in business management or business administration because those skills well, if you don't, you could lose thousands of dollars when you first start out just because you don't know what you're doing. And real estate's kind of like that. You don't know what you don't know. So, you know, you just go to work and try and make sales and, you know, do some things. And, you know, the good news is, is I had a broker that mentored me early on and I felt like I got some good uh, starting advice. And then in general, I'm just really driven. And, uh, you know, that you stems are. from whatever, right? And so there was no holding me back. I worked hard, long hours, and um, and and I won't say I made a name for myself because ultimately, um, you know, there is so much noise, uh, but I, everybody that I served, I definitely had an impact on. And, um, but one of the things, and kind of, I know this is, you know, failure Friday. So, you know, the, the 
thing that I wanted to make sure that I got to was the fact that, um, you know, I had this upward trajectory in my career, uh, consistently growing year over year. Um, from 2000 to about 2006. And then if you know anything about you know finance and the Great Recession, things started to um, go sideways. And I was still relatively new and I did not really understand what was happening. And so uh, I don't know how deep you want me to go into the story, but um, we pretty much lost everything during that, that time frame. And what I think was the big we'll call it um, aha moment. And you know, it's so funny when you're going through, we'll call it the shit storm, right? You don't, mm -hmm. you're not having these lessons. You don't learn these things while you're going through it. It's always afterwards when you've had some time to kind of look back and go, oh, that's what I was doing at that time, right? Um, Hindsight. And so, you know, if I can give some background for those people who did not, who were not entrepreneurs and who were not real estate agents during that time, you know, a lot of people lost their jobs and you know i'd be helping clients that i helped buy a house they would contact me and say hey i can't make my mortgage payment anymore i've lost my job i need to sell my house and of course values had started to come down and people had over leveraged themselves uh, on what they bought they took out home equity lines so they you know ended up with um, double mortgages and then the house was worth less than what they owed so we went through this period of, you know, doing a lot of short sales with banks and it was just a really hard time because normally in a real estate transaction, there's a positive thing that is happening. I'd say 75% of the time when someone moves, it's because they've had a baby or they just got married or maybe they're downsizing to be closer to their grandkids. Um, you know, there's all, all real positive reasons to make a move not because you've lost your job and your house is worth less than you pay for it. Yeah, and now yeah. you gotta go move into a rental. Yeah. And so I had a really hard time staying positive because I'm dealing with really difficult emotional processes, not just the real estate transaction. And then personally, I was going through the same thing financially, right? So. Mm -hmm my income was down um it was cut in half basically from where i had gotten to in my career and then my husband lost his job in 2009 so we had oh, to short wow. sell yeah he was unemployed for two and a half years and wow and, i didn't know this yeah i mean wow. a lot of people lost their jobs during that time and and i remember saying at, during the time Oh, it's only, it can't be longer than a year. Like this will be over in a year. We'll get through this. Right. And then two years, it'll be, over. it can't last any longer, you know, five years of just like, how are we going to survive? How are we going to pay the bills? Um, so we ended up, we had built this beautiful custom home uh, in 2004 and we had to sell that and move into a rental that was, in my opinion, awful. <laughs> like I just couldn't <laughs> believe I was living there. And, um, and I, I remember just trying to fit my stuff in the closet and crying because I had come from this big walk-in closet and now I had this tiny little, you know, my shoes wouldn't even fit. And, um, and, and just wondering, you know, how did my life get to this point? And I was probably, so that would have been 2008. So I was 38, almost to 40, right? And usually- okay, so your son was born. Yep. 
we had, my son was 2003, so he was young. And we asked him, he's uh, an adult now, and we asked him, do you remember like a struggling, but he had no real memory of it because we really tried oh, hard to. Thank God, because as a parent, right, that's, that's your biggest, like I feel like that would be in the forefront of my mind. Like, does he feel what I feel? Like the stress and the anxiety, like just as a mom, like you don't want those feelings to be projected onto your child. Usually kids are really resilient with that stuff, but that's good. I think for him, he, um, the, the good news is he didn't, so for me, I knew where I came from. So where I was, was a bad place, right? And so, you know, you talk about failure, you know, I felt like a failure. Like I, what happened? Why am I in this place? What have I done wrong that have ended up here? Um, but he didn't know any better, right? He just knew mm -hmm. we moved a lot. Like we moved three times in five years. Cause when you're renting, wow. You know, the, the lease comes up and they want to sell or blah, 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 whatever. And and so I just wasn't sleeping well at night because, you know, stability in your home matters. And I remember it being the last 30 days of the lease and I'd be like, I'd like to renew the lease. And the landlord would be like, well, we're not sure what we're going to do. I'm like, you can't give me a not sure. I, I need to know yeah. where I'm going to be. Living. Well, by law, right, you need 30 days, right? So for people watching this, you, if you're either a landlord or you have renters, you have to give, in at least the state of Florida, 30 days notice before you uh, renew or not renew. And so a couple of times they weren't renewed and then I like get into panic mode. Okay, where are we moving to next, you know? So, you know, it's just a really difficult time um, financially, emotionally. Um, and I think where the lesson is from there is that I, tied my worth and my value to my career very so much i believed that my career and my production was who i was and what i learned through that is that failure is an event it's not a person but i didn't feel it at the time at the time i personally felt like a failure and i think it was even harder for me because i'm a realtor right so here i am a real estate agent and I don't even own a house for five years. I was renting, you know, and I just felt in, not integrity around that. You know, I just felt really, really bad that I, I understand can't, that, you know, so. Um, so so, I, so think, in my own business integrity, I feel so when I meet with clients, the first thing I always tell them is everything you own, I own. Every single thing I buy for you, I am, I will show you me or AJ and I's personal statement. It is in our portfolio. So, and I, I like to preach. I think it creates trust early on, which is so important. In both of our industries trust, um, and to not feel like I have that level of integrity would would be it would hurt me. I would not I would not show up as my best self if I could not say that. So I really resonate with with that point. But I want to go back to one thing. You said, so when it first started talk happening in the industry, do you have a moment where maybe you're, you're meeting with a client where you started, obviously it's in the news, you were hearing about it constantly. I remember being young and, and my dad talking about it constantly and us reading about it constantly. Um, was there a moment maybe during a transaction with a particular customer where you were like, oh no, like I feel it now. I've heard about it, but now I feel it. And do you remember that moment? So the one that comes up for me, um, and it's a little sensitive. Um, <laughs> God, you I think that was a come up. Thank you. No, <laughs> um, <laughs> was that I had helped this client purchase um, a very nice luxury house, 
and we were doing the walkthrough uh, like right before closing and um, the previous owners did not leave it in a very clean condition uh, and so I was reaching out to different cleaning services to see if I could get someone over there right away so we could have a clean house for closing so they can move in and normally it's gonna sound horrible to say this as a realtor, but I don't answer my phone unless I know who's calling because mm -hmm. um, I get so much spam. And I'm that the kind same of way. Yeah, yeah. Wanna buy some insurance? No, you know. Um, but uh, this particular day, I answered my phone because I was expecting a call back from a cleaning service and it was a debt collector. And I'm standing oh. there in the foyer see it to this day with my high-end client in the kitchen and I'm trying to get off the phone to say I know I owe you the money I don't have it you know like but how do you say that in front of a client and it it freaked me out like okay this is something's got to give here and um it was a, it was a because I am one I pay my bills you know like we mm -hmm. were and I think that was the other thing that when you are a renter, and I'm not saying anything negative about renters, but um, when you've been a homeowner and then you're forced to rent, like it's one thing to rent. We rented, you know, mm -hmm. college, high school, you know, whatever. Yeah, I rented um, for three years, yeah. Yeah, oh, for, I think we rented for 10 years before we bought our first house. We didn't know where we were gonna live, you know. Um, but once you become a homeowner and then you rent, not by choice, but you're forced to, um, it just, you know, made me feel like less than worth, humbling, you know, mm -hmm. and, um, and, and the fact that I had debts that I couldn't pay broke me, you know, like I, we, I just couldn't even fathom not being able to pay for housing, food, car, you know, all of the things. Um, so yeah, well, think, so that was a moment. I remember yeah, that. I, in our industries in particular, so much, and I'm not saying this is a healthy thing, but for me, it's been manageable so far, but so much of our life and our profession intertwine. It's very difficult. I have met no one in my industry that keeps a totally separate personal life and a totally separate professional life. And especially, like you said, that is a perfect example uh, because your hours are, are like mine, they're totally unpredictable. There might be a day where you only have four hours of work and then there's gonna be a day where you're 14 hours, you have to keep it on, turned on. So that, I mean, that's, I'd, I probably would have cried right there. I don't know if you did, but I don't know if I would've been able to keep it together. I cry on, I'm a very emotional person, guys. Uh, well, that's, that's huge. So you would say that marks the beginning of the recession for you that moment that is the um that is an event that i remember very clearly that i knew there was a problem right like how am i going to do this um because i i can't be serving customers and then having these kind of issues happening and um and i think what for me i felt a little like i didn't share with very many people 
especially my clients, what I was personally going through, even though I was going through the same thing that I was helping them with, which is selling their houses a short sale, moving into a rental. I didn't want to share that with my customers. There were a couple, you know, that, you know, I'm like, I understand how you're feeling. I'm going through that too, you know? Right. And so, and I, and interestingly, some of those customers are still some of my very best customers because I was able to share that. But I feel it's really important to have competence in what you do. And, um, and I, like you said, that personal and professional balance, um, I just didn't want the world to know that, you know, I was having these problems behind the scenes and, and truthfully, you know, ultimately a customer just wants you to serve them to the highest of your ability. And, um, and they don't really care what's going on behind the scenes, but it was really important for me to figure well, I think. Out. I think that depends on the customer, right? So I, I can tell when I'm meeting with someone, I try to be really perceptive of, of their emotional need, not just their investment need. Some people want me to be more relatable. So I need to give them more of my personal life because they need, they're scared and they need to know that I'm not going to steal all of their money and move to China overnight. So I need to become more relatable. And the other people where I just have to be proficient, I have to tell them, all right, they don't care about what AJ does. They don't care that I have two kids. They don't care about my resume. They just need to know what I'm gonna do and how it's gonna be better than what they've already been doing or what they've gotten in the past. So you really have to read. I think there there's an acumen in being a professional or business owner or in anything that you do and being able to read what people want and not just having a cookie cutter version of yourself for every single person. I'm not saying be fake and, you know, morph into whatever someone needs you to be for that moment or for that appointment. But there is competence to, to speak to what you said and knowing how to serve people in that moment so that they get the most value out of the experience you provide them. So I think that you sharing that with certain people was incredibly important because those people might have needed that. Maybe even sharing it with more people in the, in that very traumatic time. I mean, how Wendy, I've heard her say it multiple times, um, talk about 2008 in a nutshell is, yeah, I still have, uh, what is it, you have it, 2008 Post-traumatic recession disorder. That's what she says. And she says it just like that. I have post-traumatic recession disorder. That's how she <laughs> says it. And it's always stuck with me. Um, now I want to speak to a more personal aspect and if you don't want to talk about it that's fine but I do think it's valuable is how did your the strength of your relationship with in your marriage come into play to get you through this because a lot of people I remember um, a lot of my clients today that are divorced or had they're on their second or third marriage a lot of their divorces happened during this time period yours serious, did it serious question and um you know, we talk about memories that kind of trigger. I remember standing in the kitchen of this beautiful custom home that every day when I walked through the house, I was like, I love my house. I love my house. I love my house. And then I started to around 2007 be like, if this lasts any longer, we're not gonna be able to keep the house, right? And then 2008, if this lasts any longer, we're not gonna be able to keep the house. Um, and after 2009, we couldn't. But I remember standing in the kitchen and this again, you know my husband, so I don't mind sharing it, but mm -hmm. we were just embracing and we were, you know, kind of not crying, but just holding on tight and saying, no matter what happens around us, we have each oh my other. Gosh, this is gonna make me cry. <laughs> and um, and I, 
I literally felt like the world was swirling around us. And we all we could do was just hold right here as, as tight as we could. And, um, and then I would say a lot of grace because, you know, Jason was unemployed for two and a half years. Um, but not till after, not till 09, you said. 2009, but that wasn't after. So there was no, I'll tell you when after was, 2012. It was from 2006. Well, no, that was after you had felt the impact in your industry though, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so I'm holding it together. Thank God he had a job until 2009, right? So we, I was not making as much money, but his, his job at least had some stability um, that we could pay the mortgage and, you know, keep up as best we could. Um, but after he lost his job, um, and he couldn't find another one. Like he was actively looking, like he wasn't like, hey, I'm just gonna sit back on the couch and relax. You know, like he mm. wanted to work. He's a worker, uh, uh, Doesn't he does not shy away from hard work. But he, you know, right at that time, nobody was hiring. Like everybody was losing their jobs. And so um, had to really allow for him to grieve also the loss of his job. Um, Cause he's the man of the house and you know, again, that lesson of failure is that that's an event that has happened. It does not reflect who you are as a person, right? Mm -hmm. But I know when I got let go in 2000, I took it very personally, you know, that I didn't have a job and I know he took it personally. And so we had to work through um, just understanding that it's a tough time, you know, and uh, someone loses their job and what they're going through emotionally. Um, and I just spent a lot of time trying to lift him up. And then I will say this, I actually had to go to therapy. <laughs> and There's I'm not... nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I remember I was with a girlfriend, we were together for Thanksgiving and um, she's like, Wendy, I love you so much, you need to get help. And I couldn't see it myself. Like I couldn't see my depression, I couldn't see it. I knew I wasn't sleeping well. Um, probably drinking too much, eating food, you know, bag of chips Constantly. at night. You know? Yeah, like That's totally self-soothing and um, gained a bunch of weight. And uh, and I just was not in a good mental space. And so she's like, you need to talk to someone. And I'm like, whatever. And I remember, so I'm like, but because she's my best friend, I'm like, of course, I'll, I'll, I'll go online, find somebody to talk to. And I remember sitting down for that first appointment and the lady, you know, I was talking to she goes, well, tell me why you're here. I'm like, to be honest, I'm here because my friend thinks I need to be here or whatever. And she's like, well, what's going on? And then, you know, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, holy shit, I didn't know I'd been holding all of that in um, to try and keep it together at the household, you know, and um, and I think that was a really uh, great lesson for me also is that I don't have to hold it all in myself, right? Like I felt um, uh, that, you know, if this was something that was my fault, right? And that I could have done something different. And she really gave me clarity. And I only, I think I only went to three sessions, but I was like, you're so right. She, she said, basically, uh, real estate let me down, mm -hmm. right? As a, as a career. And I had visions of that being, you know, something that was, that was going to be my path. Right. And it was, it still is. Um, but at the time I wasn't sure. Right. And I was like, 
so angry and you know all the emotions denial anger frustration disappointment but i had to get to acceptance and so i will say you know from our relationship we it was strained right like we definitely had some moments um uh, a couple of times you Just know it was on on the like are we gonna stay together or not moment um but i think you know to answer your question directly um i think in marriage in our marriage we both know that um we've made a commitment to stay together and we're gonna figure it out and we're gonna love each other the best we can in all circumstances you know and as long as both people show up with that then you're okay it's when one person checks out no, no matter how hard you try, it's really hard to pull it back together. Right. I would say that's that's what I'm thankful for in my relationship. And then for people who aren't married yet, it might be too late if you already are. <laughs> but if you're not married yet, you should look a quality that I think a lot of people don't pay enough attention to is commitment. Like look at other aspects of their life. Like how committed are they to other things in their life? Because that is so important. Like AJ and I do not like each other all the time. I would say maybe half the time we really are getting along. But I trust no matter what we go through, and I mean no matter what, he's going to show up. Especially when he when it means the stakes are we're not going to be together. Like I if I know nothing else about AJ it's that he will show up and I like to think he thinks the same about me. So for people that are looking for a spouse or are in a relationship that you know you're at that stage where it's either going to uh, propel forward to the next level, which is marriage, or maybe it's maybe it's monogamy. Look at how they handle commitment in other phases of their life, because 2000, that's not the last 2008 or Great Recession. And I do think it's important to say that 2008 did not just last in 2008. I spend a lot of time explaining this to people, especially when I'm designing custom uh, derivative products. Is 2008, everyone was great. If you stuck in your investments and whatever from 2008 to about 2013 is when we really saw everyone, you're, you're back to where you are better. It took that long for you to recover. So that that's the key thing here. With, like Even right now with the market being wishy-washy, you have to stay the course, but you don't know how long you have to stay the course. And it, it was so important in 2008, the reason why I hear so many advisors or clients like, man, well, if people would just held on, they would have got, came right back. And would have, yeah, well, they had to hold on for, you know, seven years before there was any sense of a safety net again. And that's a long time. And people, that's not the last 2008 of our lifetime. That's going, it's going to happen again. So it, to bring it all together with relationships, that's why it's so important to look for someone who can weather a recession with. Because finances, I and finances, I cannot stress this enough, are the number one reason for divorce. And they are the number one reason that people come into my office and cry during their appointment is, well, obviously I'm a financial advisor, but it's because of finances and their marriage. That is such a toxic combination if you are not with, with the right person. So thank you for sharing that. that I really wanted to touch on that aspect. Um, how could someone on the same path as a real estate agent what advice would you give them on the precipice? I mean, I'm not gonna say we're in a real estate bubble right now, but things are incredibly hot. It's not gonna be this hot forever. Um, so you could, let's just say it's a 2006, beginning of 2007 event right now, maybe a 2005, late 2005. 
What advice would you give to new people coming into the industry who are already only been in for maybe two to five years? For real estate agents? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Jason. Um, so actually, so I teach a class um, and I was in the classroom uh, Monday and uh, the thing that I really, I t- actually I told the class, I'm like, I had an aha moment over the weekend, right? Um, and this. this is, I know, and this is what I shared because I'm just going to back up one second. Um, go ahead. I don't know, you know, uh, when this will go, but so the great recession happened for sellers, meaning for five, six years, uh, sellers lost their, you know, their, their means, right? What's happened for sellers. Their ass. They lost their ass pretty good right what happened for sellers is kind of what happening to buyers right now mm-hmm. meaning a lot of buyers um, are trying to put in offers trying to put in offers trying to Ooh, put I like that and losing and losing and losing and losing and losing right and interest rates are going up and they can't get a house not because they don't want to not because they're not qualified but they can't compete against people who are paying a lot more so what I told the class was we can't control the market that we do business in. And this was this was probably the, a big lesson learned from my failure um, that I can give that advice today is I couldn't control what happened between 2006 and 2011, um, but I can control my activities and my mindset, right? And, um, and how I show up in my business and that it's a long game. Like if you wanna make money quick, real estate, can do that but ultimately um, if you want to have a career it's a long game right and what we can control and what's interesting and i'll just back up a little bit even during the recession when we couldn't afford our mortgage or whatever um i still marketed to my clients i still sent my monthly mail out to my database my business i had i did have to make some cuts but I kept funding my business because I knew that was my long-term goal. And what was super fascinating to me, as difficult as that was, my business expenses took priority over some of my home expenses, right? We had to cut back at the home so I could feed my business. When things started to improve in 2012, my business skyrocketed because I had faithfully still built my business even during very difficult times. And so if there was a newer agent that's struggling right now because it's a really hard time to help buyers um, and they don't have a lot of listings, so they're not getting a lot of closings, um, I would say just keep doing the right things and stay the course and get therapy. (laughs) No, I think that's that's great. great. I feel feel like like every every podcast I'm like, get therapy. <laughs> so we kind of um, at our office, we kind of create a culture of support, right? Trying to help other agents. Uh, just I always say, come into the office, get your your shot of positive, so you can go out and face the dragons out there, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and mindset is really such an important thing. And I, I remember it was probably around 2011, because um, I'm a big reader, and. I had stopped reading, right? I was just one of those things where, you know, and I'm like, all right, I got to grab this book and this book. And I'm just reading, like, give me something positive because I had really, really struggled, you know, keeping my, my head in the, in the, in the real estate game. Um, and so I think you almost have to do extra work around that when times are tough. Okay. So, I, think I think that's, that's really great. That's one thing I need to get better on. So I brought 
I'm glad you brought that up because I need to get back into reading. I used to read a book a week and I'm lucky if I get a book every six months in and that's not okay. Um, but to speak to what we spoke about in the earlier, it's just when you're a business owner, if you don't adequately delegate, business administration will take over what you're doing. And that's kind of this 2021 was all about delegating. Um, that was my word, which you taught me, pick a word, stick to it. Uh, really liked that. So going back to what you said, so you said real estate agents that are struggling to service their buyers. What about the real estate agents that are just booming right now? What would you warn them? What what headlight warning would you give them to say, hey, you know, I know everything's going great right now, but prepare. What What is an actionable uh, tool or skill? I actually have a great lesson learned from failure. Um, and that is don't base your lifestyle off of what's happening right now uh, because that's what happened to me in 04 is we built this big beautiful we were doing well business wise was good 04 we're like yeah let's build this custom house things are good you know and um and then they weren't and so and i think we kind of uh, shared just the other day i have my eye on a house that i would love to move into right now and i could absolutely afford it based on a booming couple of years, but I have learned my lesson that booming couple of years does not indicate what next year's gonna be or the year after that. And so, you know, don't let your expenses raise to your income until it's stable and you can do so. Um, I love that. Cause I see that a lot with my athlete clients is that maybe they're on the brink of a new contract year or that maybe this is their contract year and they just start spending ridiculous amounts of money. Like, oh, well, you know, I'm about to get a new contract. You don't know what you're about to get. And if you had, or, or they're in a big year right now, they've had a great season. And then, you know, I mean, AJ just had a, a season ending injury. I mean, you don't know, you don't, don't spend based on the right now, right? You create a budget does not have to be restrictive, y'all. You create a budget that gives you plenty of room to live your life, but does not ever put you into an egregious area of spending and you live and you live by it. I think that's really, I'm glad you said that. I think that's super important. My last question uh, before we close is, have you ever gone back, back to that, that house? house? Great question. Dang, you've got good questions. So yes, um, but it's been a while. So, um, one of the things that um, where I live now is less than a mile from where we oh, live. Wow. Then. So I probably passed it. Well, it's hidden back in this cul-de-sac or whatever, but you would be, you'd be in the area. Um, and I remember, and what's really funny about this particular house, it's at the end of a cul-de-sac. So you can't like just drive by, you have to like go and you're in the cul-de-sac, turn around and leave, right? So it's really obvious when there's a car on that street that doesn't belong. And um, so early I would go by and um, just to see it, I, I do need to mention it sat vacant for two years. Oh. So it was not as beautiful when it finally sold than it was when we lived there. It had, it had definitely deteriorated. Um, and uh, and I, I think what drove me to go by was not the memory, like, oh, this was, I was not reliving positive memories. It was more of, I'm okay. 
yep, I did that house, but I'm okay. I'm okay. I just really needed to reinforce that I'm okay. And, um, and then, so it's probably been over five years. You only went back one, one time? time? A couple of times right around um, when the recovery was happening, right? So mm -hmm. 2009, Jason lost his job. We moved. We didn't sell that house until 2011. So two years, we finally, when the market started to improve again, homes were starting to sell, sold it 2011. So I probably, well, I had to list it, right? So I'd put mm -hmm. it on the market and I had to go buy a couple of times. And then after we sold it, maybe around 2012, where things were getting better for me, it was, I'd go buy a couple of times, but um, it's been a long time, probably at least five or six years since I've been there. Yeah, yeah. I think that, um... I, th I just wanted to ask that because it's such an emotional, it's like a source of emotion and, and trauma, but also depending on when you went and look at it, it's a source of victory, right? Like I survived that. And it recently, about a month ago, the strange, we live in a gated community. There's maybe 15 houses in our community. So like you notice when someone's driving slow, everyone kind of looks out there wondering like, who the fuck are you? Um, so I was here and my parents were here and there was this car that was driving really slow by my house and it was this older lady in it. And, um, oh my God, I don't know why it makes me want to cry. She stops and then I go out go, and I'm like, why are you here? Who are you? <laughs> and she's like, my, uh, my daughter, my baby was in there. Uh, it's just so, it was so beautiful. That just, that made me think about that. Just going and revisiting. She had lost the house too. And then here I am with my two babies outside and she just, she was crying. It was so, it was a beautiful moment. But yes, thank you for sharing that. And, and so one thing in real estate that um, is an important thing or with any kind of failure is that life does go on, mm -hmm. right? And we can hold on really tight to the past and the pain or we can learn to release it and know that your babies are taking over this beautiful house and creating right. new emotions and new memories and um, and allowing that to be your past, right? And, mm -hmm. and, and moving forward. So for me, that house did represent a really happy time when we first moved in and then a very difficult time when we had to let it go. Um, but I've, I've very successfully put it behind me because I think, you know, ultimately that was an event that happened and it's not who I am. And, you know, I feel like at the end of the day, someone's going to love that house, you know, mm -hmm. and, and how long were you there? House. How long were you there? From 2004 to 2009. So for five years. So you got, had time to enjoy it. Like that was your home. Every day. Loved that house. It was, I, we designed it, right? Like it, it was exactly what I wanted. Right, right. Which is why I'm excited. We're, we're building a house right now. So I'm excited to walk through my house and be like, it's exactly what I wanted. And also it's because we're in a market, right? right? We're in a market right now where to, every, I was gonna buy something for the same price that was not gonna be exactly what I wanted. So I, I'm excited to have that emotion. Hopefully we don't lose that house. Like hopefully we don't go through what you went through. I don't know if I could emotionally handle it. Clearly I'm unstable. I'm in therapy as well. Um, okay. So how we'll end with, I want you to sum up how this experience made you better at your job 
and as a wife and a mother? What attributes did it either highlight or amplify that made you better? Great question. So um, I think in 2011, I was actually looking for a job because Jason had been unemployed for two years. My income was not sustainable for us to live off of. And I started to look for a job, but I was unemployable because I had been a realtor for 11 years. And apparently that's, <laughs> you have zero skills when you're a realtor. So nobody would hire me. And so the big thing that really came out of that is, okay, there's no going back. Like my ships are burned. I'm going in this direction, right? And a renewed commitment to growth and what that looks like um, and allowing myself to grieve and move forward um, in, a, in my career, right? Allowing that to happen. And then um, from our marriage perspective and raising our son, I feel like when things get a little sketchy and they have, since then, I mean, it hasn't been, you know, sunshine and rainbows since, 2012 um i always say this too will pass and we'll get through it right and i used to be fearful of being homeless and hungry and and i what i learned those five years is we were never homeless and we were never hungry we figured it out um it wasn't the greatest but we figured it out and so to me that's really the big lesson is we will get through this and it will pass and things will be better on the other side. I like that. Um, thank you so much for coming on. And if people want to reach out to you or talk to you about any aspect of this podcast, what is the best way for them to reach you? Yeah, so I don't mind putting my cell phone number out there, 904-349-3133. Um, I'm big texter. I spend my whole day texting. Um, mm -hmm. And then she of does. course, um, social media. Uh, is always, you know, Wendy Griffiths. I don't have any, uh, and I'm horrible at social media, but um, I don't have any handles that are not my name, right? So if you look me up on Instagram, I'm Wendy Griffiths. If you look me up on Facebook, I'm Wendy Griffiths, right? So beautiful. beautiful. We'll tag, we'll tag all of that as well, just so you, if you're listening, you don't have to just, you know, write it down and rewind and all that. Um, great. Thank you so much, everyone. This was another episode of Failure Friday. We do have openings coming up and. Gosh, I think at the beginning of April, may, there might be one slot left for the end of March. I don't know. Probably not. Never mind. Don't look at April. Um, but I would like to have more guests. You can submit an application and uh, would love to have you guys on. Today we had Wendy, and I'm so thankful you came on. And I will talk to you probably tomorrow. Thank you, Kendall. Appreciate you. All right. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.